Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the Southern Bank Court Studio in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander. Glad that you're with us on this Monday, June 6th installment of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Mississippi Network of Stations. This first segment of the program brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Hattiesburg, ready to serve you, whether your catered event is big or small. If you're headed to a tailgate before a baseball or a football game at Southern Miss, they can take care of you with great uh, smoked delicious meats and a number of sides that will be a Bound to be a hit at your next tailgate party. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. We have got today's historic baseball game between Southern Miss and LSU covered from every different angle that you can. First of all, let's find out how we got to today. All right, because the perfect storm may be lined up here. Southern Miss and LSU getting ready at 3 o'clock this afternoon in about two hours' time to play a winner-take-all matchup and a berth into the Super Regional. Meanwhile, the Ole Miss Rebels are one win away. They have to beat Arizona's Wildcats, and the Wildcats would have to beat the Rebels, but beat them twice. So the Rebels are one win away from going to a Super Regional. But if they go to a Super Regional and Southern Miss advances to the Super Regional, that particular Super Regional will be played in Hattiesburg. This coming weekend, it could be the perfect storm, Southern Miss against Ole Miss in a best two out of three. Both teams have a lot of work to do. But again, beginning the recap from last night, let's bring in Luke Johnson now. Luke, if we we use the phrase that the Tigers were – we're caught in, the, in, a, in a perfect storm, as we just talked about. It's a different kind of storm that we were talking about. A star was born last night at P. Taylor Park. Yeah, Kelly, you can't really talk about it. Even before the LSU game, What go back to the first, the first game yesterday in an elimination game, so Eagles facing the end of their season. What Hunter Riggins and Justin Storm did yesterday on the mound was extraordinary. I mean, it was not only extraordinary, it was extraordinary. Riggins by himself, 117 pitches, nine innings. But then for Storm to come back, and he did the same thing to LSU that Tanner Hall did last year against Ole Miss, throw five scoreless. Uh, with Storm striking out seven last night, Kelly, the Eagles went 700 strikeouts as a staff. And that's what we saw last night. With Storm coming in, LSU didn't have an answer for him. And both of those guys, the very fact that 
14 or no, in 15 innings last night, the Eagles only used three pitchers. Everybody except basically Waldrop and Riggins and Storm available for the Eagles today. And we've talked about how deep this pitching staff is for Southern Miss. One of the things that has been concerning to the Golden Eagle Nation has been inconsistent hitting. But from your view, Luke, when it looked like they were on the verge of being knocked out by the Owls of Kennesaw State, the Eagles did what they had to do, win in extra innings, but then seemed to have a much better approach in Game 2. Give us your point of view. Yeah, the reason with Kennesaw was they actually came back and threw their ace. I mean, he... He got hit pretty good against LSU, and so I think he was sitting at like 54, 55 pitches after Friday. So they came back and threw their one yesterday. And uh, so, the, so the Eagles were able last night with LSU to see more of you know their, their lesser-used pitchers. Riley Cooper came in and did a pretty good job. And then, then uh, not only did Southern Miss, uh, but, but the, the, crowd, the Southern Miss crowd was able to get to Rouselman pretty good. Collins and Money came in and, and uh, only gave up one run after that. Um, but, you know, you look at what's going to happen today, and Southern Miss may find themselves in kind of the same situation they, they found themselves in the elimination game yesterday. LSU's number one, Hilliard, only threw 55 pitches um, in, in their first game against Kennesaw. So you would think that Hilliard, with an ERA right over four, he would probably throw today for, uh, for, for LSU. Um, our, our good buddy, uh, Pat McGee, the, the numbers man, the, the, the guru stat guy, if you go to his Twitter page, he's actually got the, the, the breakdown of pitch counts for both our pitchers and LSU pitchers. A guy like, like Devin Fontenot that threw four innings the other night for LSU did really good. You'd think they might see today. And Eagles probably will see Paul Gervais, the uh, 16th closer for LSU. At the same token, Southern Miss has scored, what, 14 runs in the last two games against LSU. So you've got to feel like there's some confidence in that hitting approach and it was completely different from what they, they did against Kennesaw yesterday. There can, there's much to be said about the, the Golden Eagle fan base. The, the criticism that the group takes as a whole is that it tends to be fair weather. But when the call went out this week to be numerous and boisterous, they have certainly answered that call. Your point of view now of the Southern Miss crowd who has shown up in record numbers. One of the most savage things, uh, I, I just mentioned it, but I'll go a little more detail. Last night when Eric uh, Reiselman comes in, and he's the guy, everybody was, was you know, like that guy's balking. And uh, somebody brought up on social media that uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing that, that Mariano Rivero did a little bit. But what he would do is before he would come set, you know, of course, he would tap his front foot. Well, the Southern Miss fans started seeing that, and so they started counting the number of times that he would tap his foot. And he was in the game at four and four, and they they started doing that. And that's when he throws the wild pitch, and Danny and Danny Lynch comes in and to make it five four, and the Eagles never turn back. I mean, any time there would be an LSU chant that would break out in the peak, USM USM would drown it out. Um, the the Eagle faithful have have come to the aid of their team this weekend, and and you've kind of seen it through the entire weekend. They're, they're just sitting on pins and needles waiting to erupt, and when something happens, they erupt. And, you know, just watching Justin Storm close it out last night and the Eagles, uh, the Eagle faithful, you know, respond to him in like matter. It, it's been a historic weekend at the peak. And this is, this is a different Southern Miss team. We, we talked last week about the maturity, and Scott Berry admitted that this team was not only the chemistry has, has always been good, but it is 
has reached a level of maturity that perhaps other teams in the past have not. And one of the things that I point out is there would have, because of the devastating fashion in which Southern Miss lost its game to LSU uh, earlier in, you know, in, in the two-game series so far, it would be understandable for Southern Miss or any team, for that matter, to come out the next day and just be flat as a pancake. Now, they obviously didn't steamroll Kennesaw, but they did what it took to win that game. So that has to say something about the intestinal fortitude of this team, does it not? Yeah, I was talking to somebody about kind of their, you know, their um, personality as a team. And you definitely, in baseball, you and I and Bob talked about this a couple weeks ago, you don't want to get a baseball team that presses. Because when, you know, if, if you're going to lean one way or the other, you want to be a little more laid back in baseball than a team that's just trying to press all the time because you can sometimes psych yourself out. This team is, is almost so cool and relaxed, almost to a fault. And we've kind of seen it throughout the year. Some Southern Miss fans got frustrated at this team because, you know, they, quote, act like they don't care. They act like they don't, you know. But I think, to your point, what we saw against Kennesaw yesterday, there's no panic in this team. Like, there's – I was watching, we were – we were uh, yesterday it was 4-4, four to four and somebody's laughing in the dugout. And from an outside perspective, somebody said, oh, you know, whatever, that guy. But it really is the – the this team, their personality, they know what they're capable of, and so they never panic as a squad. I, I think that's Scott Berry said last night that when we went down 2-0 and we we matched them 2-2, we went down 4-2 and we matched them. He said that said a lot to him about his club and their you know preparedness uh, to to play yesterday. And so I speak. I, I think it speaks to to your point, how veteran this team is. And even though there's not a lot of seniors, there's a lot of maturity on it. The ESPN Plus crew, along with Patrick McGee, our buddy from NOLA.com, had noticed how the middle part of the order, the meat of the Southern Miss order, if you will, has not really delivered so far in this series. Yet here they are on the cusp of hosting a Super Regional. What does it tell you about a team where perhaps its best, strongest power hitters have struggled a little bit but they're still winning baseball games. It's not just that. It's the top of the order. I mean, before yesterday, uh, you know, Dickerson and, and Ewing really struggled. Uh, Ewing get, got the double. Uh, and then Pedro, you know, hits the missile last night. It, it, it's what the, we've said all year on the Eagle Hour about this team. It's not a question of can this guy produce today. It's a question of who one through nine is going to produce today. And more times than not, there's been a guy who's had a couple off days and he makes the, you know, has the right approach to right at bats in the game winning hit. So it'll be the same thing today. It'll be exciting to see who steps up today. And that uh, first pitch slated for 3 o'clock. Luke, we're going to invite you back in segment number three. We unpacked what happened over the weekend. We'll look for your analysis as to what we can expect today. When the Eagle Hour continues, we will be going to Pete Taylor Park, where Bob Getty is already there, and he can set the stage for us as to what it looks like as fans are getting ready to, especially the general admission crowd, ready to pile in there for a winner-take-all with a bid to a Super Regional on the line. This Super Talk edition of the Eagle Hour continues after this commercial break.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour continues on the Super Talk Mississippi network of stations. This second segment brought to you by our friends at Campus Bookmark. Boy, you don't think they haven't been busy the last week or so with the excitement that this baseball team has brought to Hattiesburg along with the regional. But they're always ready to serve you and most everything they have in stock. If it has a Southern Miss logo on it, whether it's clothing, swag, whatever, things for your car or home, there's only one place to go, and that is uh, Southern Bookmark. You always want to shop locally when you can. They're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the World Wide Web at campusbookmarked.com. Com. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from Pete Taylor Parker's our own Bob Getty, getting ready for what could be a very historic day in Hattiesburg. Bob, this is the calm before the storm. Of course, storm used in context last night. But, man, we talked about how this is really a historic day and what it would mean if Southern Miss could, could seal the deal against LSU today. Yeah, you know, Kelly, it's kind of hard to put it in words. I was thinking about it this morning. The Golden Eagles are 46-17, and 17, and they're three games away from returning to the College World Series. you got a situation here because of what happened in Miami that the winner of the game today at Pete Taylor Park not only plays in a Super Regional, they host a Super Regional. So hosting a Super Regional on the line today uh, when they uh, – get it going here in about an hour and a half, an hour and a half. And short of being in the World Series, Kelly, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine a, a bigger game. And uh, would you agree maybe maybe the biggest game ever played at Pete Taylor Park? I think I, I think it is. And I think that there's, there's more to come. Now, people will want to know how is it already determined that Southern Miss or LSU would host a Super Regional, and it's based on seedings. So as fate would have it, the only teams left – uh, in the regional down in Coral Gables are Arizona and Ole Miss. Well, Ole Miss was a four seed, and Arizona, not sure if they were a two or a, or a three seed, but uh, but LSU and Southern Miss, Southern Miss, of course, is a one seed. So they would host regardless who won that uh, won that series. And if I understand uh, Bob correctly, then LSU would also host either Arizona or LSU. So more than more than just bragging rights on the line here, Bob. That's right, and Kelly, I'm gonna I'm gonna take just a minute if I can to to put Southern Miss baseball uh, in perspective. I think it's fair to say that over the past several years, Southern Miss has gotten a lot of respect nationally as an elite team among the insiders of college baseball, the coaches, the people that are involved in the game. But I, I think it's also fair to say that this year, the national news media set up and took note, and I do think that. Southern Miss has established itself as that. Uh, just look at this for just a second. The Golden Eagles have won 46 games this year, 40 last year, 40 the year before, 44 the year before that, and 50 games in 2017. So discounting the COVID year, 234 and 97. And the last three years, the Golden Eagles are 8-5 and five in NCAA regional play. And that includes wins over Kennesaw State, Ole Miss, Florida State, LSU, two games against Arizona State, and southeastern Missouri. Certainly the Golden Eagles uh, come into the game confident, a nationally elite team. Kelly playing really one of the storied uh, college baseball teams in the country. Uh, you know, numerous World Series appearances. Uh, a mystique, as you described it uh, last year. 
that maybe the Golden Eagles overcame. I don't really think that uh, I've observed in any of the two games uh, any intimidation or, or feeling of a mystique. And it made me think last night about what you've been saying to me all year, is that when you will smile and laugh and say, I just have a feeling that the stars and the moon are aligning themselves for this to be a really special year. Kelly, we're 27 outs from uh, taking a big step in that direction. We've also talked all year long about when it comes to tournament play, even if you play the maximum number of games in any of these tournaments, that the Southern Miss pitching staff has positioned itself better than ever before as far as not only having fresh arms ready to go, but fresh arms with miles on them. And I am confident about a Southern Miss victory today, even if, especially if it comes down to the pitching staff. And you would think for both teams it's all hands on deck. But is it fair to say, Bob Getty, that Southern Miss right now has a lot more hands to call upon? You would, you would think so. And watching LSU play throughout this tournament, with all due respect to them, they do not seem to have the pitching depth that Southern Miss has. They really don't seem to have the starting depth, and they don't seem to have the bullpen depth. Not to say they don't have some good pitchers, but you've been saying this all year long about the depth of the Southern Miss team. And you look at a kid last night, Kelly, I'm interested to get your point of view on this. A kid like Dustin Storm, who just hasn't played much, and comes in and pitches lights out. What does that say about the pitching coaching and the pitching depth of this baseball team? One of the things that I've said all year long, and I've, I've said this to Christian Ostrander, the pitching coach at Southern Miss, his most difficult job is to manage not only you know the talent on that team, but to get guys enough innings to where they're going to be satisfied. And when every pitcher wants to throw every inning of course and and can't but Scott Barry has talked about how the chemistry of this team is really good too and that nobody seems to be in it for themselves they certainly understand the team concept and just when you get that opportunity be ready to go and I can't really note Bob any performance this year where an eagle pitcher has laid an egg when they were called upon can you no, it, it, it would it would hard. It, well, you know, I, I guess you could say the other night, uh, Landon Rogers gave up a couple of home runs. I mean, I guess you could say that uh, that was a good outing, but that has been outstanding all year long. And you've know, you got to give some credit to you. They have some real big home run hitters. Here's an interesting thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Southern Miss goes into today's game. Leading the nation in the number of strikeouts, 712 strikeouts, leads the entire nation. LSU comes into the game with the most home runs of any team currently playing in the regionals. So it is that classic matchup of the very best pitching against very good hitting. You're the old coach, Kelly Sander. What normally wins that showdown? Pitching normally does. Pitching, Pitching normally does. Yes, right. and, and Southern Miss is, is well-equipped in, in that category. Bob, we're about an hour and a half before game time. They'll open up Pete Taylor Park here in a little while. I would suspect that the line is already uh, forming, even as hot as it is today in Hattiesburg. The line already forming there at the Pete. The, the general admission yeah. folks are ready to get in. No question about it. And, and that's another storyline in this tournament are these incredible crowds of these two Southern Miss LSU games. They've let me tell you what, as you know, LSU, they come in force. They have a, a reputation that I would say they've lived up to. We won't dwell into that too much. But 
kudos to the Southern Miss crowd, Kelly Sanders. They haven't given an inch. They shout down the LSU people every time they start their chants. They're cheering wildly for their team. In all of my years of coming here, I have never seen an atmosphere like we've seen in the last two games and what I suspect we're going to see this afternoon. It's pretty electric, Mr. Sanders. And one of the things that we that we talk about occasionally on this program is about the perception that some have that the Southern Miss fan base is lackadaisical, that they're, that they're fair weather, to go as far as to say they're fair weather. But anybody that were to, to hear that and go to Pete Taylor Park would certainly say those two stories do not align. No, it, it, it's just been the most electric baseball environment you can imagine. And as I say, you know, the LSU fans, they're, they're loud. Uh, they're, they're as many of them here as can get in the park, but they're matched every time. Every time they open up, they're matched and overmatched by the uh, Southern Miss crowd, who is 1,000% behind this baseball team. This is a baseball town, Kelly, and i got to tell you, man, it is just it is exciting to the seams. Here at Pete Taylor Park, and you know, you talk about baseball in South Mississippi. We, we just crowned a national champion in junior college baseball, thirty miles from here. We're in baseball heaven here, Kelly. That that's for sure. And you know, if there was anybody on the selection committee that ever doubted that Hattiesburg would put its best foot forward or be able to put on a a notable regional, I don't think there's any doubt now. All that those any of those reservations would now be dissipated with the way that this tournament has gone so far? Well, 100%. And I'm almost hesitant to say this, but do I dare say that we are two wins away, a win here and a win in Florida, two wins away from a super regional between Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Hattiesburg a year after Mississippi State uh, won the national championship. So you've got Ole Miss and Southern Miss here about to play for perhaps a super regional a year after the third division one school in the state won the national championship what does that say about college baseball in mississippi well one thing that it would say if that were to happen and again not counting any chickens or putting any any cart you know before the horse because old miss is in the driver's seat down in coral gables and Southern Miss has got to beat LSU. Both of those things have to happen, as Bob just said. But it would guarantee that one team from Mississippi would be in Omaha. So we got this one to take care of first. Bob, we're going to check back with you momentarily to set the scene further as we get closer to the first pitch. Luke Johnson will rejoin us, and we'll take a look at this game in particular. We'll go inside the numbers when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Back for the third segment of the Eagle Hour. This one brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Man, they've had a record weekend, as you might well imagine, for folks of all the different schools, Army, Kennesaw, LSU, and Southern Miss, that couldn't get a hold of tickets. Uh, All the games 
in this regional have been streamed at 4th Street Bar and Grill. A uh, complete selection of cold beers, including craft and uh, great blue plate lunches, pool tables, plenty of things to do and hang out. It is the Southern Miss, Southern Miss place to pregame at 4th Street Bar and Grill, right down 4th Street from Pete Taylor Park. Rejoining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline is Luke Johnson to try to break down this winner-take-all Texas death match, whatever you want to call it. The winner goes on to the Super Regional. Luke, as we're about an hour and 20 minutes before game time, there's nothing really to report on who's going to pitch for either team. Neither coach has shown their cards yet. Bring us up to date. Yeah, I don't think you will. Maybe here in the next 20 minutes or so, about an hour out, you should. So for the for the Golden Eagles, I mentioned earlier, I actually posted this as well on, on my Twitter profile. Uh, Pat McGee basically put together two spreadsheets that show what the pitch count is. Uh, Storm, Riggins, and Waldrop are the only guys that aren't available today. Uh, Tanner Hall, this is his bullpen day. And so you might see Tanner Hall. I think there's a great case to be said that you would start Tanner Hall uh, for the reason last year we didn't throw Stanley or Powell in the Monday game until later in the game to stop the bleeding. Uh, Ole Miss got out on a 9 nothing lead on, on the Golden Eagles. I think there's a case to be made where you, if you're going to pitch Tanner Hall today, you, you start him at the beginning where he's in his routine, and you get maybe 40 pitches out of him. Hopefully that'll be you know, two, three innings. Uh, everybody else is available. The the only person that's thrown more than 35 pitches was yesterday, Matt Adams. Everybody else is basically 30 pitches and under, including Harper, Rogers, and uh, and Ramsey. Um, for LSU, I would expect for them to start their Friday starter, Mikael Hilliard. Uh, last time out against Kennesaw, he gave up five runs. And he's not an overpowering pitcher. He's about 88 to 92, but has a really good breaking ball. Um, and so you might expect uh, him to start. And for LSU, uh, Fontenot might come back. Gervais might come back. That's their big 6'10 closer. Um, but in, in a lot of ways, the Eagles have seen the great majority of LSU's bullpen. Um, you just hope today, Kelly, that if if you're able and fortunate enough, middle of the game, it's a close game, you haven't used that many arms, that when you have Rodgers, Harper, and Ramsey, that the other night was an anomaly and, and not, you know, a repeat that might happen today. You've watched Landon Harper pitch, you know, and I, I believe he's a, he's really good in adjustments. So I don't think I, we would see what happened on on a Saturday night happen again to Landon Harper. Agreed, but he, and here's another here's another argument for starting Tanner Hall. And again, uh, Scott Barry has not announced at uh, at one forty two at a three o'clock start. He, he has not announced. Actually, he has Kelly right now. Tanner okay. Hall starting just announced okay. from Southern Miss baseball. I was just going to say that what would make also sense with Tanner Hall starting is the way the Super Regional calendar works out, and I'll get you to comment on this in a moment, Luke. The Super, there are, of course, eight Super Regionals. Four will start on Friday, and four will start on Saturday. But the one that the Southern Miss, that the Hattiesburg and Coral Gables winners, that will start on Saturday. So that would be an extra day's rest for Tanner Hall, you know, should... And, and that that can't be understated as to how important that would be. Yeah, and, and so that gives you an extra day, right? But I mean, even if it started on Friday, I mean, I could see a scenario where they start Waldrop and then you know throw a hole on Saturday. But but yeah, I mean, it, it, so today is, is a lot, in a lot of ways like a Sunday for the Golden Eagles. So I, I think that actually 
you know, plays into that. And, and if you're Southern Miss, I mean, you're feeling good about your situation. And this is where Johnson uh, for LSU mentioned he had 13 pitchers. Well, we've got, you know, 18. We've got 15 that can throw today, um, which a lot of people, you know, don't have that luxury. And so it just goes back, Kelly. I mean, you, everybody on deck, you got to get it done. Eagles may be a little tired from yesterday, but I think the, uh, the psychological aspect that most of the arms that you see today, maybe not the starter for LSU, but the other guys, you have already seen them. I think that also bodes well for the Gold Eagles. You remember coming down the stretch in some non-conference games, Scott Berry and Christian Ostrander were you know, working pitchers in and out of games, you know, getting pitchers two-thirds of an inning here, a third of an inning there, and inning and a third you know, somewhere else where they were using a lot of pitchers. And I thought then, and expressed so on the air, that that was done by design to get some of these guys a few miles on those tires before heading into tournament play. And you mentioned it, but I'd like you to to go deeper into why you think Southern Miss is set up perfectly for a game, essentially, winner-take-all game. Offensively, because they've they've seen these guys, and – it's just going to be if they start Hilliard, you you just can't be suckers for breaking pitches today. And what we've seen throughout the weekend, their their at bats have gotten better, uh, particularly against LSU. They've taken more. But from a pitching perspective, I mean, this is what you got today. LSU has had a miserable time, you know, hitting lefties. You got Chandler Best that hasn't thrown a pitch this weekend. He's fresh as all get out. Dawson Rogers, who's pumping ninety five to ninety seven from the left. You got that. You have Ben Etheridge, who hasn't thrown a pitch in this regional, who is the first Friday night starter for the Golden Eagles. So right. you know, you know, um, you know what, what he can do when he's on. But you've got every piece of this bullpen except Waldrop and Riggins available to you. I mean, Storm, who's the hero last night, bro, he only made, you know, what, 12 or 13 appearances all year. Right. So Hall's your starter. I would think you get two innings out of him, then maybe like two or three out of best who threw, you know, three shutout innings against Ole Miss. Give him a left look. Then maybe bring in, you know, Etheridge or Tyler Stewart from a right. And then if you're in the sixth inning and you've got work out of those guys, it's Rodgers, Ramsey, and Harper. How, how, how fresh is exactly all get out, Luke? <laughs> we've got, we've got Michael, uh, Googling it. We don't know exactly how fresh. Well, during the commercial break, y'all were checking me on strategery. So, yes. yeah, I mean, just. Like he's he's completely fresh. Sure, like sure. He, I think he was up in the bullpen last night a little bit when Storm entered the game. But LSU isn't very good against Leffy, um, and so you've got two guys that you can throw today. I think Rogers threw thirty pitches Saturday night, so I mean he's fine. Every every major piece, including your Boo Ferris Award winner, can pitch today for you. And and, um, and, and so this is. This is why Christian Ostrander puts together the roster that he does. And regardless of what happens today, I stand by the statement that I said from the beginning of the season that I think top to bottom, have there been better hitting teams at Southern Miss? Yes. Have there been better pitching teams? No, in my opinion. Have there been better overall teams than this one? Close, but I don't think so. I think, again, regardless of what happens today, I think this is the best Southern Miss team to take the field, and and it starts with the pitching staff, and it's going to be the freshness of that pitching staff today that is going to certainly help bring it home and catapult the Golden Eagles to what would be the first Super Regional, let alone hosting 
hosting a Super Regional. Obviously, they've been in a Super Regional before, but have never hosted one. And that is what is on the line today. And I'm sure uh, at Pete Taylor Park, they're about 15 minutes away from opening the gates. I'm sure they're lined up uh, around the corner. And and I, I think the maturity of this team, Luke, is, is, is as big a factor as anything else. Like you said, they just, regardless of the circumstances, and it would have been real easy for them to fold the tent, you know, after after the devastating loss, you know, to LSU on Friday night. But but here they are, playing for it all. They've, they've got right where they want it. And, I mean, it sets up as this is the, the greatest setup, you know, that you could ask, um, dealt with the situation. I mean, for you to win two games on Sunday and basically be able to start your ace and get some work out of him and nobody that you really need out of the bullpen is unavailable today, it's going to be for Southern Miss to play their game today, to, to to be patient, to wait for the opportunities, to not give LSU free bases, to not give LSU free strikes. That's what you don't want to get into. You don't want to get into a situation where somebody from their bullpen comes in like Storm did yesterday and you know you're, you're just unable to make contact. So you've got to be, be patient at the plate. Don't give them free strikes. The, another huge part today is work the pitch count. If you can get the pitch count up early and continue to be patient, they have to throw strikes, and that's when you can hurt them. And it should be noted that LSU will be the home team. They are designated, the Tigers are designated the home team today, Luke, and that seems to be the million-dollar question as to how that could be when Southern Miss is playing on its home field, and particularly for what's at stake. Four letters, NCAA. It's one of the dumbest rules, and it wouldn't matter if we were somewhere you know, as a two-seed. Uh, LSU has played uh, three games in this regional. We played four. Four of our games, uh, we are three of our games. We were at home. Two of their games, they were home. And so, with the team with with less home, uh, and as as a as a as a team, they've been home less. They get it. And, I, and it may have been that, or it may have been a coin toss. I think it's the fact that they had only been home uh, a game less than us. So anyway, I, it's a stupid rule. The, in a game like this, the hosting team who's earned this opportunity ought to be the home team. No question that. that. That should be one of the advantages for sure. Well, Luke, good luck. Help bring it home for the Eagles when we'll take a commercial break. We come back. Bob Getty will give us the very latest as to what it's like at Pete Taylor Park prior to today's winner-take-all game with LSU. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. From the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens. We're about an hour and seven minutes away now from the first pitch, the deciding game between LSU and Southern Miss to catapult either team into the Super Regional. We're going to send you now out to Pete Taylor Park where our own Bob Getty is out in the right field roost where everyone, at least for the time being, is coherent and sober. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Kelly. That's where I'm at. I've got the roost view of uh, Pete Taylor Park, LSU is uh, out on the field now uh, taking some batting practice and warming up. 
Hunter Sellers is the Golden Eagle fan. He's up here in the roost. He's with us right now, Hunter. Uh, in a few words, describe what uh, the, what the tournament's been like for you out here in the roost. Oh, man, it's been fantastic. Beautiful weather, a little hot, but let me tell you, it's been a great day to be a Southern Miss fan, seeing them play out here, come back from, from all that's happened and win two games yesterday. I can't ask for anything more, so... The guys were asking me back at the studio to try to give them a description of, of what the atmosphere has been like uh, during the LSU games. I, I told them as electric as I've ever, ever seen it out here, and that Southern Miss fans, toe-to-toe, don't drown out LSU fans every time they start chanting. A lot of excitement here in the roost. Uh, describe for our listeners uh, what you've observed as the atmosphere here at this regional. Well, again, it's just it's just a static, like you said. It's just amazing to see at P. Taylor Park so many fans come out to support the Eagles and just all of a sudden just cover black and gold everywhere, just chant USM. It's just what you want to be a part of. It's just amazing to be here. All right, so we're about an hour away from the game, and the, and the place is already uh, really filling up fast. Your your thoughts, what the Golden Eagles have to do to win what we think may, may be the biggest game ever played here? Ooh. Well, that's... <laughs> Easier said than done. I say definitely just kind of start off with a couple of hits, just doing well. If our pitching's good tonight, you know, like it was last night with Storm coming in, saving the day. I think we're going to be – I think it's going to be an easy win. I'm excited to see it. So, Either way, would you agree it's been, a, it's been another magical ride, and these kids have just shown such grit and determination two years now in the reasons We were talking earlier. You can realize Southern Miss has beaten Florida State, Ole Miss, Arizona State, LSU – uh, just in the last few years in regional play. Pretty good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I just can't wait to see what we got tonight. So, right, My friend, I hope you uh, enjoy a celebration with all of them. Thank you so much. All right. Hunter Sellers, everybody. Kelly, he's out here in the roost. There are lots of guys uh, out here. They've already got the picnic tables up. This lady here is sitting under an umbrella with her feet propped up on an ice chest. And uh, we've still got about an hour to go. So, yes, the ballpark is filling up. General admission on both sides of the stadium, I'm saying, are already 75-80% full. Well, look here, here's another Golden Eagle fan. Are you ready? I'm ready. So what happens here in the next hour and 15 minutes? A butt whipping. Right, you heard it right there from the Roos, Kelly. Yeah. That's Roos that's language there, isn't it? Well, we're, 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 glad that he used, we're glad that he used the B word instead of the A word. Oh, the man said you owe him $10, Kelly. Well, he have to get in line, and I'm sure he's not the only Bob, LSU's Jay Johnson has announced that Hilliard is going for uh, the Tigers today on the mound. The batting order for the Eagles, Carson Pato will lead it off, followed by Dustin Dickerson in the two-hole. Reese Ewing bats third. Uh, Christopher Sargent will be in the cleanup spot in the four holes. Uh, Slade Wilkes is batting fifth. Danny Lynch batting sixth for Scott Berry. And then rounding out the batting order for the Eagles will be Will McGillis, Gabe Montenegro, and Blake Johnson. And as we mentioned, Tanner Hall goes on the mound. So that's the hey, official line. quickly, Kelly. There's a Charles Culliver out here. He says you owe him money, too. I tell you what, Kelly, I'm, I'm going back up uh, to where I sit because there are too many people out here that uh, say you owe coin. That's, I don't know what to make of it. That's why I'm coming out with my plastic uh, glasses and my uh, my fake mustache. <laughs> later, All right, Kelly. Later Have on a good today. day, brother. Thank you. Bob Getty there at uh, Pete Taylor Park.
where it could be argued that there might be a bigger game that's been played at Pete Taylor Park, but uh, I don't I don't think so. And again, the way that it is shaping up, Ole Miss and Arizona were supposed to play at 11 o'clock this morning our time, but the weather down in Coral Gables, some of the effects of uh, the tropical storms that have been through that area the last couple of days, they are on delay right now. So normally, under normal circumstances, it could be where – Ole Miss could have already punched its ticket. But now if Arizona beats Ole Miss, then they'll have to play another game tomorrow to determine who moves on. But if and when this game is played today in Coral Gables, if Ole Miss wins, the Rebels as the four seed in that region would have wound up the only undefeated team in that region and would move on to the Super Regional going to either LSU or, you guessed it, Southern Miss. So it could be an Ole Miss, Southern Miss situation. And I remember when the pairings came out, that was one of the first thing that people said. They said, oh, gosh, it could be Ole Miss and Southern Miss. But ironically, it was most everybody agreed that, it, that Southern Miss was much more likely to move on than Ole Miss. But here are the Rebels who go in the four seed and could win that Coral Gables Regional. Now, remember, the, Southern, the uh, Ole Miss team did not have a great regular season, and there were those that argued, including me, that perhaps the Rebels didn't even belong in there. But now they are proving what a good baseball team they are, the talent that they have, and they are playing hot. They are getting hot at the right time. So that is something always to look out for. Southern Miss versus LSU in one hour at 3 o'clock. Hopefully tomorrow on the Eagle Hour we will be talking about a super regional host, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Until then, for producer-engineer Michael Mergens, Bob Getty, and Luke Johnson, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Southern Miss to the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.